What is up, my Hanyaks? Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Rambling Viking Podcast. Hopefully your week has been great so far. If not, today's the day to turn it around and maybe starting right now with this podcast. So um, hopefully you've done some hard things. If not, do some hard things. Get cold. Take a cold shower. I have started really enjoying my cold showers. I look forward to them now. And yeah, it's still cold and still I have to kind of go, oh, oh, three, two, one, get cold, get cold. And I have my own little kind of personal hype up. <laughs> I got to get myself pumped for it. But then as soon as water starts hitting me and it starts, oh man, it's great. I'm like, this is awesome. It's so refreshing. So if you're skeptical, just do it for like 10 seconds on your back and tell me you don't feel refreshed. So I, wow, it has been, it has been a week already. So as is classic fashion, everything happens at once. I did it down and back to Fort Worth to sell my motorcycle. And while I may be motorcycle-less for a time, in a technical sense, I will, will soon have another. So, and it was hard to let go of. I did, my, I did my last ride yesterday morning before loading up and taking it down. But, and normally I wouldn't do something like that, drive, do a nine-hour round trip to deliver a motorcycle. But sometimes you get a serious buyer who's willing to pay you a little bit for the bike. For, for delivery, and by a little bit, I mean cover your gas and expenses to go down there. And to that, I say, yes, I would do it. Because I asked myself this question. I said, basically, he was like, hey, I'll pay you like five, an extra 500 to deliver it. And I was like, deal. And then I said, okay, say I wasn't even part of this transaction. And my buddy was telling his motorcycle, and, and it was some guy in Fort Worth, and guy couldn't come up, and he couldn't, my buddy didn't have a way to haul it. And he said, hey, I'll pay you 500 bucks to load up and deliver my motorcycle would i do it then and the answer is yes absolutely that's a good day it's nine hours worth of driving i mean it takes more than nine hours so we'll say it's about 12 hours worth of work um you're looking it's it's 35 plus dollars an hour and that is well worth that's getting up in nurse pay there and uh, so I'll take it where I can get it. And I always, I always thought I might not mind being a hot shot. If you don't know what a hot shot is, it's like these delivery guys. And they, they do it for like oil field stuff and whatnot and construction equipment. And I don't know if I'd go that far. I'd be just like, hey, so-and-so needs a couch or some furniture or fridge, whatever, and just use my personal truck. I don't mind. But it is a lot of time on the road and a lot of time driving. So you want to make sure you have a good, comfortable setup in your car. But, yeah, that's what I did yesterday. And it was not decided that I was doing that until Monday night around 8.30. So yesterday got totally thrown out the window. So if I seemed to ghost and didn't post, I don't know if I posted a clip or not, uh, on Instagram and just seemed gone and the episode is coming out a little bit later than normal, that's why. And then on top of that, I'm already traveling to help my wife make the final trip back and move back officially from Houston. So I'm going down, going to help her clean up, pack up, and then uh, drive back with her. So in light of that potential, I'm going to go ahead and say it, no Friday episode. So if anything happens on Friday on this channel, it's either spam or I managed to squeak one out, crank one out. I don't know. But we are going to say no Friday episode this week. We will reconvene on Monday to and hopefully you'll have all sent in your answers to the question of the week, which I will remind you, just in case you forgot, is what is one mundane task that you are good and or good at and or enjoy? So send them in. I've got a few answers already, but I need much more. Uh, my answer, I think I might have already revealed it 
but uh, I'll go ahead and tell you is is Tetris tet like the game of Tetris that comes with loading up a car with all your crap for either a road trip or some kind of trip. But it's like, hey, when we got to pack and load, I hate like packing a suitcase. I hate doing that. But like all when all the stuff is there and it needs to be get loaded into the car, the truck, whatever. That's that's where I'm like, all right, that's where I start having fun. And uh, and and I and I do tend to be pretty good at it. So in light of all this craziness, I got a million things going on today's episode. And I'm just I'm going to hedge my bet here. May be a tad shorter, but we'll see. The main focus of today's episode is the new Manti Teo documentary. If you recall Manti Teo, and I do very well, it was the fake girlfriend hoax. He was an amazing linebacker at Notre Dame, almost won the Heisman, went to the NFL, you know, had an all right career. I don't know how long he lasted, three, five years maybe, and then kind of fizzled out, right? So he peaked in college and the, the fake girlfriend hoax was a big deal, and I look, I made plenty of jokes and I enjoyed all the jokes of people taking pictures next to nothing with their armor, acting like their arm around someone saying like, you know, Manti Teo status or something like that and all the jokes. And so Netflix did a two episode documentary. It's a part of a bigger series that they're doing that I'm actually excited for and I think will be really good documenting some sports scandals and some different things. Uh, I think that's the central theme is sports. So they're going to cover cover the NBA ref betting scandal from like the late 90s, early 2000s. That was a big, big deal. And some random like Australian sailing team. I don't know what that one's about, but some very interesting stuff. And they started with this Manti Teo one. And l- before you turn it off, Shane, looking at you, because you're like, sports, I don't care about sports. Don't think of this so much as sports. This is arguably the biggest catfish in the most spectacularly terrible way uh, ever done. And, I mean, we've heard of the Tinder swindler, swindler, right? That's not a catfish. This, and this was before, like, the show Catfish. This was before catfishing really took off. So this is like, this is like the OG big catfish. And it is something incredible and terrible and this documentary i realized how low information i was about this i mean i remember when it happened but i was a junior senior in high school and you know you know how 17 18 year old boys are we're just dumb and we just make fun of everything and so that's what we did and arguably i still do that today and that's fine but it was an incredible docu-series because, you know, sometimes all these docu-series that are coming out, sometimes it's like a little bit slanted or a little bit like I think you're reaching or um, you're you're trying too hard to exonerate or condemn or do this. And, and I don't know, documentaries, especially now, can be hit or miss. It's like true crime podcasts. There are a billion of them. And at some point, I'm just like, all right, I'm, I'm a little worn out on them. And so when it first came out, I was like, ah, I don't know. But then I heard everyone raving about it. And I was like, all right, let's give this a chance. And so I watched it the other night. And wow, it is incredible. Go watch it. Sports or not sports person, go watch it. Because it's not really about the sports. Yes, he was a prominent sports player. And that ties into it. But this is about the catfish. The most epic, horrible catfish ever. I have nothing but sympathy for Manti Teo. And right here, right now, I'm going to publicly, not that he's ever going to listen to this, I'm going to apologize to Manti Teo. And I think it's, 
If you've seen the movie Jewel about Richard Jewell, who helped stop a bombing at the Atlanta Olymp- Summer Olympics, and then but then turned around and became the prime suspect and had his life turned upside down when all he ever did was idolize law enforcement. And then he eventually got exonerated. But the court of public opinion is not so kind. And we've learned from these sort of docu-series and movies and things like that that the court of public opinion is deadly. Stuff when stuff is in the public and stuff gets out, it, it's, it's the same example. A person is smart, people are stupid. Meaning, in, in the group think, in the group setting, everyone can turn. And that's why, anytime anything happens, that's why I try now more than ever to always say, I'm before I'm passing value judgments and condemning or not condemning someone, wait for the evidence, right? Because typically the evidence paints a slightly different picture than maybe we initially think because a lot of times initially all we see are fragments or a certain part or get one perspective. And this is a classic example of, of mass media not doing their due journalists, if you will, that that are supposed to have all these resources, supposed to vet everything. Of I mean, this is also kind of on the front end of, of clickbait type headlines, right? And and storylines and narratives, and and that's maybe a, a Achilles heel of the sports industry is we love a good story, right? And that played into this. But back to what I was saying, uh, I want to apologize to Manti Teo and say I, you are incredible. Um, for how you handle it, how you handle it now, you've forgiven the person who catfished you, and you you are just you're a pillar for what someone who goes through what you go through in such a public way should should handle it, should respond, and should come out stronger, and still have a positive attitude about it. He's still wanting. He still sees the opportunity for people to set an example, to be a role model, and he understands that some kid somewhere might still be looking up to him, and so he's going to be, he's going to be a good role model. Um, this guy, like, I knew he was good at football, and I was a fan personally of his play and everything. He was awesome to watch because, you know, he was such a transcendent linebacker. It was something, and it's sad to me because I think this this catfish played into why he, that did not continue at the NFL level, and it sucks. It broke him, as it would have broken me, as it would have broken anyone. So, Manti Teo, I'm sorry for what I've done. I piled on that dog pile. I, I was confused as everyone was confused at what happened. And also the other thing is that comes with this is you cannot, do not sit back and say, and I, I now stop myself from doing this. Anytime you hear about someone who's in a crazy cult or goes through, you know, gets catfished to this level or something like that, which I argue no one has. And it's e- always easy to sit back and say, how could someone fall for that? It's just like when we look back on the Nazis and we're like, how could someone go with that? How could all these guys, you know, working at the concentration camps be okay with that? And a lot of them aren't, but the sad, hard truth is that while most of us look at ourselves and think of ourselves, give us the, ourselves the benefit of the doubt that we are going to, we would be the one, the one to stand up against the many and put everything on the line. The hard truth is most of us are sheep who would fall in line because fear is the most powerful emotion and fear will, will keep us, will compromise us keep us from doing what's right. And so that's a challenge here to really check yourself. And, but, but when you can acknowledge that about yourself, that's probably true. And it's, it's hard. It's not fun. 
you then find, I think, some resolve and some resilience to you can acknowledge that 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 you are no different from anyone else who may who could have fallen, who fallen, who has fallen prey or did fall prey that you hear about in the stories to a cult to whatever or compromise. And then you can say, in spite of that, I am going to do everything in my power. I'm going to resolve to not be that way if I come across something like this. And so I will say some criticism of him is warranted, but it's also kind of, I'm more sympathetic than anything. And I'm, I'm more look at this like I could have fallen for it had I been in his shoes and I probably would have. And you, prob- you probably would have too. And you can argue with me about that. But let's not be arrogant here and let's all understand that when we are in the situation, we are in the moment, it's always easy to Monday morning quarterback, pun intended. Sorry, Shane, if you don't know what it means. It means hindsight, 2020. That means you go back and watch the band tape and you see all the little mistakes. You can always look back on things and say, wow, I, I should have seen this, this, that. And you have to give yourself some grace and look in the moment and say, okay, in the moment, I didn't know certain factors and I didn't know how this was going to pan out. And so I did the best that I could. Because otherwise you're going to sit there and you're going to be in regret and you're going to be in resentment and you're going to, you're going to always be, you're going to overly scrutinize yourself and be overly hard on yourself. It's important to acknowledge those things and then remember that for next time that, okay, when I'm in it, I may not see this perspective, but last time it played out this way and I thought I should have done X instead of Y. So yeah, it's so, if you don't know the story, basically Manti Teo became Shane once again. If you don't know this story, he became a prominent, I mean, he was one of the number one recruits in the nation. He went to Notre Dame. He was, he's uh, Polynesian. He's from Hawaii. And so he gets uprooted. Oh, also weird thing about this documentary. I'll talk about a little bit. He's Mormon slash Christian. They, they blended those two. And I did not like that. I'll, I'll finish that. I'll address that later though. But anyways, he comes from this Christian Polynesian culture and he gets dropped in this Midwestern Catholic culture. And so he's kind of isolated. And there's a lot of culture shock that goes into it. He's there to play football, right? And so essentially, though, um, at the same time, there's another Polynesian boy who is, is, is having inner conflict, is what we'll call it. And so he cr- goes on and says, well, I'm realizes he can create a persona and be someone else, escapism, via creating a fake profile and you can just go and have fun with it, talk to people, chat with people, and and honestly does a bang up job, like makes siblings a mother and then makes himself the cousin of this girl Lene. And and like it is honestly very, very, very like in depth thinking, okay, and wanting and I think it comes from a place of wanting to make it as real as possible. And ends up, I mean, talking to people, talking here, there, and eventually connects with Manti, and they strike up a little relationship because, oh, in the midst of being, we'll just say, in a foreign place, foreign culture, feeling isolated and alone, he had this little thread bringing him back to a similar place and bringing back to his home, his culture, his values, and so he found a friend. And that's what it was. And then it eventually evolved into a relationship. And then as the catfish got deeper and deeper, of course, he wanted to meet her and do this. And he even, here's the crazy part, he even confirms with other people and like, hey, have you heard of this girl? And talks to like some of his friends and relatives. And they're like, oh yeah, I know her. And so, and you might have said, well, you, you never met her. You should have just always remained skeptical. And it's like, hold on now. When we're vulnerable, we're more open to suggestion and just give grace. And so basically, long story short, he ends up, it ends up coming out. He has a girlfriend and, and the catfish gets so in depth that he fakes the, the guy doing the catfishing, Renaya, fakes Lene's death 
and it and it and it falls at the same day that Manti Teo's real grandma actually dies. And then he plays that week and it comes out that his girlfriend and grandma died on the same day. And so boom, cue cue the you know that that heartfelt sports story, right? He comes out, plays out of his mind, Notre Dame goes to the national championship. And then what we didn't see, what we didn't know was behind the scenes, certain things happening, like him finding out shortly before the Heisman ceremony that uh, Lene actually didn't die and being vastly confused. And because there's a there's a mixture, there's pe- there's real people mixed in with this fake scenario. And I mean, it shows you how one lie can build and send you down this rabbit hole and how actually creative and cunning a person can be in all the wrong ways. And how actually horrible this was to drag it out this long. And the fear of being found out and really just being like, oh, I got duped. Because early on, would have been like, okay, look, this is, you know, oh, I'm actually not a real person, blah, blah, blah. But never, but then there's that, there's that hooded Kermit side that's like, do it, just keep going. And that's what happens. And this goes spirals out of control. And then it comes up, there's a, that it's all a hoax. And it turns into, and he turns, he goes from the golden boy to the laughing stock in an instant on the precipice of his NFL career, breaks him mentally, um, which I firmly believe because then he now, the security he felt that made him so good and had, had, gave him his confidence on the football field is now gone and, sh- and shook. And so he spends a few years in the NFL, a few different teams. Now he's not in there. Now he's a family. But now he does seem to have moved on and he did survive. Um, but sadly, I look at this from the perspective of I mean, this was this was full blown mind breaking because it's like, hold on, when you get catfished and you find out you've been catfished, it's like, what's real, what's not real, and it can really put turn you into a spiral. So I think, I mean, catfishing can actually be kind of serious. But two parts, incredible, and uh, I I just can't say it enough, Manti. I'm sorry. I am now on Manti Teo's side, and I fully understand. And I and I and I look at this now from a perspective of wow. We're all so wrong on so many levels. And yeah, I can look at it and said, well, he shouldn't have brought this up. He should have kept private stuff private. But it's like, I mean, it was so, it was real for him. It was real. It was real for everyone. And, but then some people got some tips and did their due diligence and found out she only existed in the digital and eventually figured out this fake person. So it is incredible. Um, Go watch it on Netflix. It is well worth it. Um, wow. And, and for me, as living through this, this is one of, the, one of the few that I've lived through, you know, a lot of times because these are back in the 60s, 80s, 90s, or whatever, and I, or I was too young to remember. This one I distinctly living through. And I mean, I still have made jokes to this day. And on one hand, I say, well, maybe it's still kind of funny to make a little lighthearted joke here and there. But my, my tenor and tone towards Manti specifically is I definitely view him fully as a victim in this. Yes, there's always a little culpability, but I'm talking 90-10 victim to to responsible type status. And I mean it's a good lesson learned. Um but I also think he is a he is a probably a better man than I. So, all right, to that side note I referenced earlier, but that's the documentary. Go watch it. I want to know your thoughts. I want to know you know, how, if it changed your mind, like it changed, did it, did it change your mind? Like it changed my mind, please let me know. Go watch it this weekend and we'll figure it out. The funny thing that was, I thought was hilarious was he comes from a very strong Mormon community 
in Hawaii. Now, pockets of Mormonism, pockets of cultures, it happens all the time. But they kept bringing it up. But then they interchangeably kind of said Christian and Mormon. And I was confused as to the fact of, okay, are they, are they, do they grow up Mormon and they're Christian? And I, what I see happening and now having watched and learned a lot more about Mormonism and where it differs and it, and there are key fundamental differences. It is not, it is not Christianity extended. It, it, it is its own religion uh, that, that uses and tries to graft into Christianity, but it's not, it is not, it is not another denomination. There are key fundamental differences anyways. And so I watch this from the Christian perspective and you watch it, you'll see this too. And I was like, no, um, well, it, it, one, it goes to show you this, that the secular culture, particular Hollywood and stuff, and we see this all the time, they just use the same old tropes and caricatures and, and, and they show that they truly don't understand specifically Christianity really as a whole. And, and, and part of that is the fault of cultural Christianity where it's been kind of, it's been watered down and diluted to to not, and it's not well represented, particularly in, in the U.S. And, and that's a problem. And I can admit that the church has fallen prey to that. And I've fallen prey to that in a lot of ways. But the thing that got me was they would say, oh, Mormon community, and, but then reference Christian things because it, it looks very similar. And to the untrained eye would definitely be like, well, yeah, I just, you would consider Mormonism just like a different, it's like being Presbyterian versus Catholic versus Baptist. When in actuality, it is not. Well, and you can get into, maybe I shouldn't have said Catholic. We'll say like Presbyterian, Methodist, Baptist, what, you know, non-denominational, Church of Christ. And there are some stark differences between these denominations, but the fundamentals of the Christian beliefs still hold true. Mormonism adds, chains, shifts, and has its own unique understanding of God and specifically of salvation and how where we fall in terms of in our relationship to creator, creation. Uh, go, go look into it. There's some good resources. Apologia Church, they interact with Mormon. They're out of Arizona. They interact a lot. They have some good debates, and they highlight that. And there's a lot of good videos. You can watch a very good Mormon and Christian debate, but that's... Um, and I've watched a couple different ones, but yeah, that was one little side note on this. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't appreciate. It. I was like, there, there's, there's a distinction there. You can't just, no, 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 we can't do that. Um, they, and, and I was very confused. I, I'm 90% positive they are Mormon and that's where they come from. And it is, uh, and, and it annoyed me how they referenced it like Christianity. I'm like, it's not, it's different, but it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. And I'm sure there's levels of Mormons too, and there's more casual cultural Mormons and actual more devout Mormons. I think it's a little bit harder to do that because there are certain practices and structures that the that the Latter-day Saints Church, that the Mormon Church has built out. And I know technically too recently it's not supposed to be Mormon anymore. It's Jesus, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or LDS. And you know, yeah, it's freaking mouthful. LDS is fine, but I, I I don't know. I think you might be stuck with Mormon, at least in some respects, for a while. And that's fine. And that's fine. But Manti Teo documentary, amazing. Go watch it. I can't say enough. I didn't spoil too much. I gave you the general overview, but hearing it from their story, I mean, it's a hard... I, I, I sympathize so much. And I just look at that and say, I can't let myself fall into the trap of being overly judgmental, saying you should have known, you should have done this. Really, 
culpability for me, my judgment falls on Renaya, the person who perpetrated this catfish. That person. That person. And they talk about it in the beginning of the reference. They say, oh, yeah. Um, Renaya references, he says, oh, yeah, I, after that, I, I couldn't find a job. And it's like, yeah, because what you just did, even though it's not, ins- I don't know, it might have been deep enough to almost consider fraud and potentially criminal. Definitely a civil lawsuit could have gone through. And so it wasn't necessarily a crime, but it was in very many ways a social crime. It's like being a slimy businessman, right? And stabbing people in the back and stepping on people to get to the top. You may get, be able to get somewhere. Eventually, that's all going to catch up to you, though. And your, your, your house of cards is going to crumble. is because you've wronged too many people, done too many things. And it's like you maybe didn't do anything illegal, but guess what? Now you're, you're blacklisted or no one will do business with you. And then um, you, you get run out of business, right? And well, I don't think that should by any means last forever, and it doesn't sound like it's last forever, and found sounds like Renaya has found his way through life. I, I mean, that was a, and I'm not sitting here saying that's unforgivable, because that wouldn't be very Christian of me. And so I say we do, you know, no one is irredeemable, and no one is unforgivable. Um, it may feel that way sometimes from our human perspective, but we have to check ourselves the Christians out here. We got to check ourselves and say, no, we, we can reach that point. It may seem impossibly hard, but if Manti can forgive the perpetrator, the person, the person on the receiving end of this can forgive them, then I can forgive them and move on. I can sit here and say what they did was absolutely horrible and it was wrong. And they, there were so many, th- so many th- thresholds that they passed that they should have stopped that. And, and he talks about it. He's like, Hey, I should have by the way, I might get in trouble for misgendering Renaya, but that's a different conversation. Spoiler alert, Renaya is technically trans now. I don't know what's going on, but uh, Renaya is a male, and so that's how I'm speaking about him. But so many times in this documentary, he references, he says, I knew the right thing would be to just come clean, but I did the other thing. And it, it points to a human truth, though, where how many, how often do we do that? How often do we know, I know I should eat better, but I'm going to go order a pizza or I'm going to get these mozzarella or I'm going to get this candy and sweet. I did it freaking, I do it almost every day. And, or, or do we think, oh, I need to go for more walks. I need to do this. We, we know the, the quote unquote right thing to do and we don't do it. And so even before I say like, okay, now in that situation, I think it's kind of special when you're like, okay, this has gotten out of hand. I just need to come clean. It'll be embarrassing. It'll be, you know, detrimental, but it is, it is better to come clean than to keep perpetrating the lie and go deeper, deeper down this rabbit hole. And, but a lot of times you're so scared. We are naturally so scared of that confrontation and coming forward and getting in trouble. I mean, just like the little kid going and hiding in the corner after they've spilt something or done something wrong because they don't want to be found out because it sucks. It sucks to go through that. But it is always ultimately better. My parents always taught me, if you ever do anything, the sooner you admit, the, the less harsh the punishment will be. You own up to your mistakes. You own up when you've been wrong, when you've, when you've told a lie, when you've done something, when you've wronged someone. The sooner you can take responsibility for that, Things, when you wait and sit on things, they almost never, ever turns out better. The longer you wait, the worse things are going to be. Address them now. So that'll be my motivation for today is be willing to take responsibility. And the more you can sit there and start with small things and be like, I was wrong about that. Or that was a dumb take on my part. Or I'm an idiot for doing this. And and saying it in a kind of a lighthearted fashion, not saying I'm such an idiot. Be like, ah, that was a dumb thing. I'm kind of an idiot sometimes. And and saying it in, in a more jovial sense. 
acknowledging it, you'll find yourself being able to take responsibility for maybe bigger and bigger things of like, I screwed up this and I screwed up that and being willing to address it sooner and things will get better. So here we are not being any more short than normal. Surprise, surprise, surprise. But we're going to close it out here. No show on Friday. Go watch a Manti Teo documentary. Send me your one mundane task that you enjoy and or are good at. And yes, I will flip those last two around. Uh, send it to me by the end of the week. We're going to cover that on Monday. You've got plenty of time. You've got plenty of time to go watch Manti Teo and give me your review, your thoughts on that. And uh, I'm going to I'm gonna rejoin with my wife. She will be joining me up in Oklahoma. So wish me well on that. Wish me, And I will see you right here next week, the Rambling Viking podcast. Be sure to go like us, follow us on Instagram. I may not post any more clips this week or anything. I'm going dark, y'all. So just be aware, but send that in via text message, Snapchat, Gus about 35, by the way, Instagram, the Rambling Viking podcast. You can find us there. Facebook, you can message me personally. Anything, everything, all of the above. You can, I still have yet to have someone just send me answer my question, either send me their answer six different ways or send it, send one part of their answer six different ways. That would be a fun, creative thing. Might be kind of annoying in the moment, but I think all in all would be overall good content and a nice and offer a good chuckle and laugh. And I would definitely appreciate the effort that goes into that. I love a good subtle prank that is just more inconvenient, right? So that'll do it for me though. Thank you so much for being a part of the Hanya Accord. If you're new here, welcome to the Hanya Accord. Glad you're here. Hope you stick around and uh, let's, let's go be better. If you haven't had a great week, go turn it around right now. Make it a great week. Have a great weekend. It's never too late to turn things around. So don't let, don't let, don't be a victim of circumstance, but make the best of every situation. We'll see you right back here next week. This is your head Hanyak signing off.